Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Goose Chicks Podcast, an all-women-led show focused on the band Goose and the community that supports them. I'm Leslie Mack, producer and co-host, and I'm so excited to be joined by comedian Max Higgins today. I found Max on TikTok via a hilarious clip of one of their stand-up shows that spoke to the fish fan in me. Let's go ahead and take a quick listen to that right now. I'm 25 years old, and I have seen the band Fish play 52 times. Yeah, how does it feel to meet a casual Fish fan for once? Here's the thing, Fish fans, they're not just these white, dreaded, hippie degenerates that you think they are, okay? They are also your doctors, lawyers, and other healthcare professionals. Look, somewhere out there, a man just did four nights of ketamine, and today he's taking out your wisdom teeth. I was there. But you know what? I would actually prefer a fish fan to be my doctor, because I know for a fact that person has survived a weekend in Atlantic City with a dead phone, lost friends, and just a small bag of Molly to barter. Okay, they've got problem-solving skills. Appendectomy? Please. They escaped joining a cult on eight tabs of acid. They're not afraid of a routine procedure. Oh my goodness. As you can tell, I, I couldn't even control myself laughing there, but I'm so excited. Max Higgins is a stand-up comedian and fish fan based out of Burlington, Vermont. Max performs regionally and can be seen performing at Rogue Island Comedy Festival at the end of this month, at the end of May. Welcome, Max, and thank you for not thinking I was a weird stalker hitting you up on TikTok and Instagram for this interview. Welcome to Goose Chicks Podcast. 
Hello, Leslie. It's very nice to be here. And you were not random because I knew who you were when you messaged me. So I was like, oh my gosh, cool. Oh, I'm so glad. Thanks for, thanks for supporting. Yeah, you were like that you knew about Blackberry Jams. And so that was really awesome. And I was like, one, I'm always excited to connect with other fish fans, period, just because, you know, we're a special, uh, special set of folks. Um, and as I said, we were talking and prep for this interview. And I said to you that I just find your humor to be so accessible on multiple levels because you tell great stories, but it's like taking knowledge that the general public has about certain topics and, you know, tapping into that. But then there's a second layer that those are, that if you know, you know, there's another layer of laughter in there and it's brilliant and so, so smart. So I'm so glad to, to be able to talk with you. So, uh, Standard first question always is like, you know, how and when did you get into fish? Like, what's your fan origin story? Yeah. Okay. I love my fan origin story because I feel like it has elements of an old school fish fan origin story, but also this like very new generation of fish fans. So what happened was I was at a summer camp. I was 14. It's a summer camp arts program. And they have a band on camp of kids and the kids played a cover of Bouncing Around the Room. Nice. And I feel like summer camp, that feels like where a lot of people hear fish for the first time, but no one talked about it. It was just a song. I heard the lyrics and it sort of stayed in my mind. And then I left that summer camp. I'm about to start high school. I remember the lyrics to that song. So I Google it. I find it on YouTube and that night I go down a YouTube rabbit hole Boy. of people who've posted just these like fish studio tracks in isolation. So it's not like the albums, it's just like bouncing around the room and then Piper and Farmhouse. And I'm like going down um, this rabbit hole. And by the end of the night, I remember I just paused my computer and said to myself, <laughs> this is the best music I've ever heard. I love it. And then that's all I cared about for the next four years of my life. I love it. That is a great, I would say, analog and digital origin story. You've definitely melded the two together. And I do think Bouncing Around a Room is such a like on-ramp um, song for Fish fans because when you're younger, you can. That I, I was about the same age around. I was in high school, like 13, 14, when I first heard Fish. I went to boarding school in upstate New York, so, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so I just remember it was a song that would frequently be just coming out of folks rooms like you know uh, other students rooms would just be playing and I'm like what is this thing like what is that and then um some friends of mine took me to a show I think up in Albany like Albany area um mm -hmm. and I just remember being like oh okay I get it and I remember something clicking around the jam aspect of it which is like a thing I think that blows your mind when you're younger just that every time you hear a song, it's going to be different. It's such a novel thing because you're taught growing up like this is a song. It has a, a verse and then a chorus and a bridge and a second verse. And then it's going to end at the end. You know, maybe you'll get a little bit of instrumental, but it's standard. And every time you hear it, it's going to be the same. And for me, Fish kind of opened up this idea that music was not meant to be that way all the time. And that improvisation is so cr critical, which brings me to like, did that affect you wanting to go into comedy because so much of that is improvisational. Obviously you write stuff, but a lot of it's also in the moment. So I'm wondering 
did this open up this like improvisational space for you in your head, the young Max's head anyways? That is such a good question. I was so into, I was very into acting and theater when I was in high school and I was huge into improv. Like that was my number one activity. Um, And to me, those things felt so connected. I think generationally there weren't a lot of, I didn't know any other kids my age who were into fish, but I would say I spent all of my time not doing improv, trying to convince the improv kids that fish was like the thing to be doing and seeing. Um, But absolutely. I I think those, that element is so alive. And like, that's very much the same in in both of those spaces, Um, that creative like energy that you're tapping into this live thing and you're sharing it with the people in the room. And like, obviously it can be recorded, but like truly what it's meant to be experienced is, is like all of us together in a space. Yep. Yeah. The, this temporal autonomous zone that we get to create at shows, which is so amazing and so life-giving as well. Um, so I mentioned uh, that you are based out of the Jan Van Mecca, really, of Burlington, Vermont. Is that where you grew up or where did you grow up? Um, no, I grew up in the Boston area and we lived in a lot of places. It was somewhat unstable. Um, and in that way, I moved to Burlington when I was 18. And I grew up in Boston, but in so many ways, Burlington is the city that raised me. And I really like grew up and learned to be an adult here. Um, So they both have places in my heart, but uh, I do feel like in a lot of ways, I feel like I am from Burlington. Um, But yeah, they both have have big places in my history. I mean, you definitely give big Burlington vibes to me having spent time there. Um, and uh, shout out to our sponsor, Ben and Jerry as well. Uh, they're the best. Uh, but um, yeah, so that that makes perfect sense. And I also just feel like every time I've been to Burlington, it's just, I don't know, I find myself super relaxed there. Um I just get to, ch- I do so much walking whenever mm-hmm. I go. I try and go when it's warm, so to avoid wintertime. But of course. I just find myself always like just walking and enjoying whatever's going on. And also it's just really happening. There's so much live music. There's so much um, festivals that happen up there, even like little ones and big ones. I love, I love that whole area. Oh, so, yeah. I find so much about the jam band scene to be absolutely hilarious. Like seriously funny uh but you really have found a way to poke fun a bit of fun um um at this segment of the music business while also you know respecting it too so did you start incorporating fist jokes into your sets right away or did that happen like more organically was that something you always wanted to joke around about I wanted to joke around about it from the first time I got on stage but I was really trying to find my in with it. Mm. I think because for one, it's really easy for fish just to be the butt of the joke. And I was like, there's, I mean, it's funny and there's absolutely funny stuff about it, but like what's truly funny about it, I think is not what people think is I think what people use it as is just like code for like people who do drugs and whatnot. And that's, there's like that element of it, but I'm like, there's so much else here that is really funny. And I think it took, uh, I'm sort of getting into my second year of comedy now. And I think it's taken up till now for me to understand how to write jokes enough and like how to be on stage to feel like I can approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I wanted to approach it with some reverence cause it's so important to me and has been such a big part of my life. And I just wanted to do it justice. So I would say this, I did a couple iterations before the one that went on TikTok. And I would say this is the first one that I felt like, okay, like I'm getting somewhere here. 
Yeah, it, it, like I said, uh, it's so smart. It it works on so many levels. And you're right, you know, making fish the butt of the joke is kind of like an easy joke to make. Um, and I love the way you structured that joke to be like, no, I'm actually going to prey on your your assumptions about fish fans and about this community. And that's where the joke actually sits because you don't even realize it. And I, I'm going to give a shout out to my dentist, Dr. Neubauer, because I literally was <laughs> in his office this week and... Uh, I was like, hey, Dr. Newbar, I heard because he had told my husband that thanks my husband for introducing him to Goose. And I said, hey, I heard you like Goose. And he's like, oh, yeah, Goose. I love them, man. They're awesome. Uh, and he was telling me some songs he liked. And I gave him two more. And he's like, hold on a sec. I'm mid-appointment. He goes, hold on. I need a pen and paper. I have to write this down. It's very important. So it's so funny because when I heard your joke and then I had this experience with my actual own dentist, like being so into a jam band that he like stopped mid exam to write down songs I was telling him about. It was just really funny because I do think people just have a very skewed understanding of just how wide a swath of the population is into jam band music and goes to see it live so often and like uses it as an escape hatch to, you know, the real quote unquote real world all the time. Um, all right, so in the clip I played, you said that you've been to 52 fish shows. One, is that number still accurate? And two, what are you looking forward to during this 40th anniversary year of the boys? Which, I mean, I just, it's hard to even fathom it. Super exciting um, and great. Uh, I'm only going to get to see them a couple of times this year, but definitely getting a few in Wilmington, Alpharetta. Um, so yeah, one is, enough, is 52 still correct? And then two, what you got going on this year with all these uh, fun celebrations they've got planned? Okay. Yes, 52 is still correct because that joke is very recent, um, which I feel strongly about 52. Oh, yeah. That, that is very, that is a strong, <laughs> strong number for sure. I've been trying to avoid the comments, but I'm, I've seen at least a couple that are like, 52, not, try a little harder. Why don't you? <laughs> oh, my God. Fans um, are so extra. I can't. It's so funny. Um, I... What I have planned and I'm excited for is um, I typically hit some of almost all of or some of Madison Square Garden anytime those runs get announced. Sure. So I assume that I will find my way to a couple of those. Yeah. But what I'm really excited about during this 40th year is, I mean, first of all, whatever they have planned, I'm sure is amazing and yeah. will be so special. Absolutely. But I'm excited. I just sort of decided to go to Syracuse, which I feel like I haven't done an outdoor show in so long um, and like outdoor summer lawn, like I miss that. And that to me feels very like of how I started seeing fish uh, yeah. when I was in high school and I'm going with some friends and I could not be more excited to just be outside and like a summer and I'm, it's like a bit of a drive. And I think that's exciting. It's that the road trip aspect. It's like all part of the experience, right? Like getting your list together and making sure you have all the things you want and your fan and your this and your like yeah. all this, that your chair that you want and the right blanket. I love it's everything that goes into it. It's such a process. I was having a conversation with Dr. Leah Taylor yesterday about you know, systematizing or how we systematize preparing to go to shows. And I was like, yeah, I guess I, I do have a pretty ritualistic process. I go through from planning process all the way to day of show that I do pretty consistently and do it all every single time. And I hadn't thought about it in that context, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm trying to, I'm really, I'm really trying to maximize my enjoyment. And I have spent a lot of time planning myself into that space, you know, that flow space that we get to go to at shows. Um, we saw them outdoors at Charleston last year mm -hmm. um, over two nights. And it was a strange venue. It was a tennis 
um, tournament venue. And so like the, the, um, the pit was like the courts. Uh, we stayed in the Whoa. stands because I just like the stands and I love the lights and everything. Shout out to CK5. Um, and I, we had a great time there and it was really fun. And my favorite story though, we were just grabbing a bite to eat and we happened to be talking about posters with some friends that were with us. And from the booth over, there's like, we were talking about how posters work. And from the booth on the other side, someone just, a, a male voice says, um, that's not really how that works. And I was like, um, my like antenna, I was like, excuse me, why are you in our conversation? Only the head pops up and it's Jim Pollock. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> he's like I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry Jim I'm so so sorry he's like no and he talked to us for a little while about how poster process works and how it's, how it's worked from the beginning and all this stuff and he was in town to go see the shows as well and it was really funny and then he, you know we said goodbye and they left before us we go to leave and he had paid our bill Oh my, what a sweetheart. Are you kidding? So, so sweet. Just the best, best person. Um, we love you, Jen. Yes. Thank you so much for everything that you do for the community and, and for lunch too. Um, yeah, but can you believe that, Max? Is that the wildest story? I Stories like that make me love fish world so much. I feel it because we're all just like a couple degrees away from each other. And like, it is, that is well, like amazing, but also like not surprising, like not how wonderful that story yeah. is. I, every I, time I, I tell someone, they're like, that's Jim. Definitely sounds like him. Like literally, it's like so believable, right? It's like, not, it just was so funny. <sighs> that's awesome. Um, so I would be remiss. This is Goose Chicks podcast. If I didn't ask if you heard of Goose, and do you have any thoughts about them, their music, their kind of current place in the jam band scene? Um, you know, they did that fall tour with uh, Trey's band as well. Right. All up and down um, the East Coast there. So, yeah, what, what have you listened to any Goose? I, I'm curious what your thoughts are about them. Okay, so Goose has been on my radar for a couple of years just because Opfish Chatter, obviously. Sure, of course, of course. And I've, so it's just been one of those things I've been meaning to get around to. Yes. And then, of course, Trey announced the tour with them with that amazing video and I thought okay I was like well this is now I have to and then I will say this morning I was like all right we're gonna just listen see what's happening yes and I turned it on I'm in the car and immediately I go oh they're so good yeah oh I'm like I don't know what I was waiting for I was like oh of course they're so good everyone loves them that makes sense but I was like, oh, that's, I think I was scared to be obsessed with another thing. So I, well, I will warn you, it <laughs> happens quick. So just, just tread lightly, Max. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't like to, you know, sugarcoat things on the show here. It's definitely, I will tell you, I saw my first show last year here in Charlotte in March. And I have been since then to, the three goose shows since then so i want to i i am an extreme outlier obviously i started a whole podcast about, i was gonna say you do band, have a right? podcast but no? it, my experience is not that unusual i have to say that goose definitely is one of those bands that end up you be, end up becoming um obsessed with much like fish because as you mentioned your your entree was so much content that was available for free and they are the same way like Every show is on Bandcamp that you can listen to for free. They put so many full shows on YouTube and they really maximize so much coming out of the pandemic. They had so many free virtual shows that you can just 
dive all the way in and just get completely like enveloped in gusto. So I will just say tread lightly, but also you're going to love it for sure. It's definitely, wow. um, they're a jam band's jam band in terms of the skill one and then two, just their like commitment to improvisational live music. Um, a couple of shows ago, Peter literally was like, everybody, because they were going on break and he's like, everybody make sure, you know, thanks for coming out, support venues, make sure you're supporting local venues and local musicians because live music is the shit. And that's kind of like the, the you know, spirit of the band is that live music is the shit and they're here to make sure that it stays and stays amazing so yeah that is so good to hear as soon as I turn them on I think jam bands jam band sounds is really resonating from what I heard I was like this yeah this is hitting it makes absolute sense that I love this I should be seeing them for the first time I think at Newport this year So I am now very, I mean, I was excited, but I am now very excited. Yes. Um, I'll put a little playlist together for you. So you don't have to go too deep, but I'll I'll put a playlist together for you on Bandcamp with some live live songs. And I'll put a little playlist together for you and send it over so you can... You can listen, but not get sucked fully in. I will warn you that the playlist may end up sucking you in anyways, but... We'll start you night slow and then we'll get into it. They're in the <laughs> studio right much. now. Rumors, rumors are out there. They're in the studio right now. It's not really rumors because I feel like they've been dropping every hint they could. So we're expecting at least one album, potentially a double album this year. They um, performed 22 new songs last year that are not on albums. <laughs> oh my, that's so many. It's so many. It's so many. They debuted two on the Taboos tour with Trey. One of them, they said, oh, we wrote this two days ago. Let's go. Like, literally, it's really something, something, something special. That's exciting. That's... It's it's very cool and very fun. And, you know, they, of course, have so many wonderful things to say about Trey and the tour that they did. I went to six of the eight shows of the tour, which it was just phenomenal and amazing. And Was it? I was yeah, so curious. I, mean, I wanted to make so... it, but... It was so cool because, you know, Trey came out at the end of their set and did like three or four songs with them at the end of their set. And then for the encore, both whole bands came and did the encores together. And so, um, and then one of them, um, the Tab Horns, you know, um, James, Jen, Mm -hmm. and um, Natalie, they came and did one of, uh, at Fish in the Sea, which is a Fat Freddy drop song, but Goose covers it a lot and they've always wanted to do it with horns. And so they got to do that during that show, during that tour. So it was really a big party, I would say, because Goose did their set and then Trey would come out and play with them. Then Tab would do their set. And then the encores were just like everyone on stage. I mean, what's better than one basis? Two, you know, like very high vibes. And the last night, which was in Reading, I wasn't even going to go to this that show. I was going to be done with the first four or first five shows we went to. And then I was like, wait, I feel like I'll miss the evolution because it was interesting. The first show we were on the rail, which was in Portland, Maine. And it was like when Trey came out, Rick and him were like, you go. No, you go. No, you go. It was very like, you could see them trying to figure out how they were going to be together. And Rick is such a humble person, you know, even when he would come out with 
tab, he would be like standing in a very tiny corner, just like, I'm just here if you need me kind of vibes. But by the end, they were like trading licks back and forth and completely jamming and into it with each other and just amazing. And then there were just some magical moments. Peter um, has a song called Redbird that he wrote about his mother, which is really beautiful. I'll make sure one of them is on the playlist. And um, Trey came out to play it with them. And he sang the second verse. And I just watched Peter's face because they're huge fish fans. And Peter's face watching his musical hero sing this song that he wrote about his mom. I mean, you could just see all of it washing over him. So there were a lot of really special moments like that. And it was just really great to see just the collaboration, the musical collaboration. And I think everybody had a really, Trey was having, I haven't seen him have that much fun in decades. I mean, jumping and just interacting with everyone. I have like several photos of him where both his feet are off the ground, like hair in the air, everything. It it was just really fun and and very exciting. So I'm glad you're going to get to see Goose at Newport. That's going to be fantastic. Um, I know it's a great, really special place for them. So you'll, you'll get a good show for sure. All right. Well, where can folks follow you, Max? Go see you live and support your brilliant career. Please tell all the folks and we'll make sure everything's in the show notes as well. Amazing. The main place to follow me is Instagram. It's at Max underscore headgear. And I'm also on TikTok, Max Higgins Comedy. But Instagram is where I I post everything. I post all the shows. I'm going to be in Newport, Rhode Island for Rogue Island Music or Comedy Festival at the end of the month. I'm going to be in Brooklyn doing a show on May 29th. And then I'm going to, I just agreed to do um, a show on August 5th rage the boat pre-party before um fish so fish fans that's that's for you that's so exciting oh my gosh that sounds amazing yeah so that's gonna be yeah it leaves out of kips bay it'll be fun so that's you'll see me at all those places but yeah follow me on instagram i'm around doing shows having fun would love to see some of you out there Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Max, for joining me. Um, Everyone, be sure to check out the show notes to follow Max and their upcoming dates. And I'll make sure all the links, all the things are there. Um, And I, you know, I have it on my mission now. I want to go to a a goose show with you, Max. So I'm going to start to engineer this somehow, some way. We'll figure out when this, we can make something happen and have you come to a a goose show with me because it's going to, it would be really great. I would love that. I would simply love that. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks again for joining me and I'll talk to you really soon. Thank you. Thanks again to Max for joining me today for this bonus episode. Goose Chicks podcast is produced by me, Leslie Mack, with support from sound engineer Matt Dwyer, co-host Alexius Lipo, and contributors Chelsea Long and Hannah Liebreich. Special thanks to our sponsor, Ben and Jerry's, for their support, especially Jay Curley and Jay Tandon and their team. We are a proud member of the Osiris Media family. You can check us out on socials at Goose Chicks Pod and on our website, goosechickspod.com, including our very first merch drop, which is available now. Until next time, be kind to each other out there and remember to keep it Ted. Osiris. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. 
Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.